I don't know about you, but when I look into the beautiful eyes of any of my grandchildren, I see a precious, eternal soul. And that precious soul is going to spend an eternity in either one of two places, heaven or hell. I know that's not what people want to hear, but that is the stark biblical reality. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world, Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Tomorrow is National Grandparents Day. And I thought I'd take a little time to talk about being a grandparent and to share with you some of my aspirations, I guess you could say, in my role as a grandparent. I don't know if you are blessed enough to be a, a grandmother or a grandfather or nana, papa, whatever you happen to be called, but it is such a blessing to have grandchildren. My hubby and I have seven. One is um, an angel baby up in heaven, but um, the other six, they're just, they're amazing. They range in ages from 12 to one. And what can I say? They're just, they're awesome. They, they really are. We've got four grandsons and two granddaughters. Well, one of the blessings that comes <laughs> with being a grandparent is picking up their germs and their viruses. <laughs> I just had to say that because right now, um, quite a few of us in our family, we've been fighting this virus called RSV. What RSV stands for is respiratory syncytial virus. It's pretty common in children. It causes mild cold-like symptoms. Most people do recover in a week or two, but it can be very serious for infants or older adults or anybody with health issues because it, what it does is it inflames the very small airways at the bottom of the lungs, which is sometimes harder to detect cases of pneumonia in the lungs. But anyway, we've all been uh, battling this, so feeling a little under the weather as well as some of my grandchildren as I speak with you today. But yes, tomorrow is Grandparents' Day. And if you're a grandparent, especially a grandparent that's involved in your grandchild's life, perhaps you have a grandchild that, that lives several hundred or thousand miles away, or perhaps are just down the street. But either way, and thanks to technology, right, we can be as involved as we want to be because there's things like FaceTime and messaging and just all kinds of ways in which we can keep in touch. My husband and I happen to be fortunate enough where the furthest distance that some of our grandchildren are is 45 minutes away. So it makes it easy for us to be more involved in their everyday lives. But what I want to specifically share with you in this episode is it's something I had written a few years ago, and it was about what I want for my grandchildren as far as being a Christian grandparent goes, the things that I wanted my grandchildren to know. We grandparents, well, we're known for spoiling our grandchildren, right? 
we buy them clothes and fun toys and take them to fun places and fill their tummies with yummy treats whenever we get a chance. My husband and I love to do it whenever we can. And there's nothing wrong, of course, with treating our grandchildren with material things from time to time. The problem comes when we do all these wonderful things, yet we leave their precious souls naked and unfed. I don't know about you, but when I look into the beautiful eyes of any of my grandchildren, I see a precious eternal soul. And that precious soul is going to spend an eternity in either one of two places, heaven or hell. I know that's not what people want to hear, but that is the stark biblical reality. I know much of the worldly thinking seems to go along the line that everyone goes to heaven when they die. But as Christians, you and I know that's just wishful thinking. That is far from the truth. It's not biblical. God in his infallible word has made that abundantly clear to us. So in light of that, I would like to share with you some of the things that I want for my grandchildren. And perhaps it will encourage or inspire you, if you are not already, it will encourage and inspire you to think on these things and really meditate on what's being presented here as far as your grandchildren go. I know family situations are all very different. Some of you may have very well-grounded Christian children who are teaching your grandchildren biblical values, the proper Christian worldview. Some of you may have children who don't believe in God at all or are what you would call, I guess, lukewarm Christians or Christians in name only and are not living out their faith by word and deed for their own children. But there are ways to be able to reach our grandchildren by assisting our own children in raising their children, while still being respectful of their role as mom and dad. But anyway, some of the things that I want for my grandchildren to know, and I plan on teaching them not just by word, but through deeds, and all of which God willing is going to help to instill in them a healthy fear of the Lord. Because bottom line, isn't that what we want for our grandchildren is to grow up having a healthy fear of God? Because that's the problem with the world today, right? People don't acknowledge or fear God. So I'm going to just present this in question form, and I want you to think about these things as I ask these questions. And by the way, this is So good for me as I review what I had written several years ago and share it with you because I sometimes, I falter in these areas. I get busy with my own life, whether it's this podcast or writing or my part-time job or just my own responsibilities here at home. It's easy to let that time slip by and not put any of these things into practice. So let's start with this first question. I will supply you with the Bible verses on my website, www.onelittlecandlepodcast.com. You can go on there, and I will put all the Bible verses that fall into play here. Also, not all of us have grandchildren that are the same age here. So these questions that I'm asking, they can begin to be taught at an early age, just in a different way. I mean, children's Bibles are great, right? The stories of the Bible, learning the life lessons, the moral lessons from the stories of the Bible. And of course, praying with them are great ways when they're very, very 
little to instill them. The children's Bible songs are great to play with them. I know with my youngest granddaughter, the first time I had played this song for her, it was called God Made Me. And she just wanted to listen to that thing over and over. But I remember just glancing back at her sitting there with her beautiful brown eyes and long brown hair. And she's sitting there and listening to the song saying, God made me. In my Bible book, I read that God made me. And the chorus also says, God loves me. And she just sat there in awe. First thing she said to me, she goes, Nana. And I go, yes, Natalie. And she goes, God made me. And she was just in awe over those three words, God made me. And she just sat there listening to it and just looking up skyward out the car window in her car seat as I'm driving along. And she wanted to hear that song over and over and over. And every time she was in the car with me, that was a song she wanted to hear. And just I remember just tearing up as I was hearing her little voice sing along to the song once she had memorized the words. But things like that really can touch upon a young child's heart. And as they get older, of course, the, the conversations can get more in depth. And I also have a couple books I want to recommend to you at the end of this that I have used. One I'm currently reading, but the other one I have used with my grandchildren and still continuing to use it. But here's some of the questions I'd like to ask as far as what we're teaching and showing our grandchildren. And the first is this. Have you let your grandchild or grandchildren know from early on that they are sinners? Because while we think that our grandkids are absolutely wonderful, which they are, the fact is they are sinners in need of Jesus Christ along with the rest of mankind. So are we letting them know, because they need to know this, that their hearts are not naturally inclined toward God? Have we been telling our grandchildren what Jesus did for them? how he died, he suffered and died on that cross, how he came to earth, right, from his heavenly throne, born of a virgin, became a babe, and lived this life here on earth, became one of us, dwelt with us. Are we telling them of what Jesus did for them and that unless they repent and surrender their lives to Christ, they are destined for hell? Are we letting them know that God is good. He's a good God. He's a good father. And he's especially good to those who are his. Are we being honest with them and letting them know right up front that as a Christian, life will sometimes be quite difficult and that the world may hate them and persecute them. But even though it will, it cannot touch their soul which rests safely in their heavenly father's hands. And that no matter how hard things may seem, God is always in control and he's always with them. He is on their side. Are we letting our grandchildren know that they cannot have one foot in the world and the other in God's kingdom? Because God won't accept half-heartedness. Are we teaching them to know the difference between the truth of God's word and the lies that the world is telling them? Because let's face it, grandparents, lie upon lie upon lie is being thrust at these kids from every angle, from their teachers in school to their classmates, the television, the radio, through songs, through entertainment, 
so-called, you know, kids' shows like Nickelodeon and whatever, but through their cell phones, which I, I disgust me to see these parents give kids cell phones like iPhones and stuff. I've seen 12-year-olds being given iPhones and having it put in their hands. Um, that's insane, but that that's a whole other subject. But are we helping to equip our grandchildren to be able to stand strong in their faith and to be able to defend it? Not to just know what they believe, but why they believe and to live it out, even if that means they're criticized or unpopular because of it. Are we helping our grandchildren to do that? Apologetics, really. And I have a book that I'm going to direct you to about that very thing, actually, at the at the end of this. Are we showing our grandchildren, and here's a good way to do this through not just word, but in our actions, right, in our lifestyle, are we helping them or showing them how to have joy in Christ, even if they have nothing else, and for them to know what it is to truly walk with the Lord every minute of every day? Are we living out that example for our grandkids? Are we equipping them to have a love and a thorough knowledge of God's word and to not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, even though the world will try its best to shame them for their beliefs? Are we helping them to know God's word, to have a love for it? I remember my granddaughter sitting down at my writing desk and she opened up my Bible and she had, she couldn't read. She was like three at the time. But she's looking through it, and I just remember standing there thinking, she has no idea what she holds in her hands. The wonder of it, the power of it, the truth of it, the sureness of it, she has no clue. Her just looking at that Bible, opening it up, not even knowing what that was, because it didn't look like her children's Bible. It was just something with a bunch of words she couldn't understand, but it was a great opening to a conversation about God's word and what she truly was holding in her hands. Also, here's another great thing through our actions. Are we showing our grandchildren the importance of church and corporate worship? And that church isn't just, it's not a place or a building, right? But it's a family of God's people. It's sacred. It's holy. That it's the bride of Christ and that it's important and not just important really, but necessary to belong to a solid Bible-believing church because we know we cannot live out our faith alone. We weren't created to live out our faith alone. Are we inspiring in our precious grandchildren a love for the lost and the hurting, whether inside or outside of the church? Are we teaching them to be giving and to know that everything they have, including money and possessions, belong to the Lord? We've got to teach them to be good stewards, right? of everything? Are we helping them to learn and showing them the importance of forgiveness? Are we helping them to be willing to forgive just as Christ has willingly forgiven us? Our grandchildren need to know the damage of harboring unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment in their hearts. And that harboring grudges is, well, as they say, it's equivalent to drinking poison and hoping that your offender is the one to die. And I have another great resource I'm going to point you to. If you, grandma, grandpa, if you yourself are struggling with unforgiveness, if there's some bitterness or resentment 
occupying your heart at all. How are you going to teach your grandchildren that, right? How are you going to live that out for them? I have something that if you are struggling, that greatly, greatly helped me. As a matter of fact, I think it was, hmm, I want to say episode two or three, I don't remember, but it was about a book called The Calvary Road. So if you'd like to go back and listen to that, if you are struggling in this area, I would highly encourage you to do so. Are you being intentional as a grandparent to be there to help your children, to raise their children, to be for them a light in the dark world, like one little candle, right? Are you doing this? Some of you may be actually raising your grandchildren, and if you are, God bless you for that. Thank you for that. You're putting a roof over their head. You're keeping them safe. You're feeding them. You're clothing them. But let's make sure that in this process that you're not leaving their precious souls starving, right? It's important, of course, I think as I said in the beginning, to keep in mind our need to honor and respect our children's role as parents. They are their parents, okay? Their first authority. Because as much as we love our grandchildren, we're not their parents. And hopefully your children are not giving you a hard time about speaking with your grandchildren, but perhaps they are. But I would say every opportunity you have, you speak to them God's truth anyway. Are you being a prayer warrior? Are you praying with your grandchildren and for them? Prayer is so important. I can't stress enough how important it is. Of course, there's praying for them, being on your knees for them, but praying with them. What an example that sets. Seeing grandma or grandpa turning to God, asking God for help, asking God for forgiveness, praising God, thanking God, right? Prayer. Take the time to pray with them and for them. They need our prayers. In this world that they're living in and they're trying to grow up in, they desperately need our prayers. They need us in that war room on our knees for them. And the final thing, that I never thought, and this wasn't originally part of my list, just a few short years ago, mind you, when I wrote this, um, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be saying what I am about to say. But teach your grandchildren to love their God-given gender. Teach them to love how God made them celebrate male and female. Show them where their identity needs to be. And that is in Christ, right? Not in their sexual orientation or anything else, but only in Christ. Because if their identity is in Christ, they won't be doubting who they are or what they are or what their purpose is or struggling with their gender. Teach them to love God's gift of male and female. Celebrate the differences between male and female. And while I'm talking about it, teach them about God's gift of marriage, right? One male, one female. His good purpose for his design. The reason that he made us male and female only and that 
you know, a woman cannot be a man, a man cannot be a woman. But God's good purpose of the sexes, of the genders, that it's not something that's a social construct. That's just something that the world is going to tell you so they can try to deny the science that they tout. Yes, please, just teach them to embrace their God-giving, assigned, and purposeful, intentional gender. Fearfully and wonderfully made male and female. So again, while it may be fun to bestow upon our grandchildren creature comforts from time to time, if we leave out sharing and living out our Christian faith with them, and ministering to and nurturing their precious souls through word, through deed, through prayer. What a travesty that would be. For what good is it for them to gain the whole world, okay, have all these things, creature comforts, yet lose their souls? What good? If you have not been practicing this, you claim the name of Christ, but you're not really living out what you're claiming. You're not sharing it with your grandchildren. I I really pray that this provokes you to do some self-examination. Ask God what you can do. Pray for your grandchildren. You may not have access to them, but you know what? No one can stop your prayers, right? God hears the prayers of the righteous. He knows how much you love your grandchild, your grandchildren. Don't give up. Okay, so resources. I'm holding in my hand a wonderful book that's one of the best books I have ever seen so far in sharing God with our grandchildren. And it's called Leading Little Ones to God. It's by Marion M. Schoolland. I'll have the link to where you can purchase it along with the author and the title in the podcast description. But it's a children's book of Bible teachings. It's divided up into several parts. The first part is talks about looking for God. And some of the examples are our hearts ask for God. We cannot see God. We see God's works. God talks to us. God sent his son. And then part two goes into God is very great. How there is one God that he's everywhere, that he's almighty. He's three persons. They talk about the Trinity his many names, his faithfulness, all the wonderful attributes of God. And it also, in section three, it talks about how all that God does is good. Section four talks about how sin came in and spoiled the world, what it means to be a sinner, what happened to Adam and Eve. Part five talks about God's law, how it's good, what it means, why we disobey his law, why sin must be punished. Part six, God loves us. Talks about God giving his son for us. God turning our troubles into good. Part seven, what Jesus did. Talks about how Jesus came down from heaven, how he obeyed God. Talks about his miracles, his death, his resurrection. Part eight talks about the Holy Spirit. Part nine tells us how we can become children of God, confessing our sins, knowing the way, believing Jesus is our savior. We must be born again. Part 10, how God's children live and grow and how we are new creatures as his children, how we have to love one another as his children, trust him, obey him, 
the importance of reading the Bible, learning to say no, how God's children suffer for him, and how we look for what is coming. Part 11, God helps his children live for him. Talks about the Holy Spirit helping us and the importance of prayer. The Father will help him if we ask him. Part 12, when we pray to God, what it means to pray, praying in Jesus' name, where we should pray, how we should pray, how God answers our prayers. Part 13 is about the church, why we go to church, how we worship God in church, baptism, the Lord's Supper, bringing others to church. And part, part 14, things that are to happen, that the world is going to end, Jesus is coming back, what will happen when he comes, if I should die. There are memory verses at the end of each teaching as well, a suggested reading, and then a small hymn for them to sing and a prayer. Great book. Highly, highly recommend it. All of God's truths there, but it's not watered down either, but it is put in a way for children to be able to, to grasp and to understand. Again, Leading Little Ones to God by Marion M. Schoolland and I will have the link for you and where you can purchase that book. And the other book is by Natasha Crane, and it's called Keeping Your Kids on God's Side. That's the book I'm currently reading right now. It's an apologetics book is what it is. 40 Conversations to Help Them Build a Lasting Faith. And what it does is it encourages open dialogue on issues that our kids might be or grandkids might be hesitant to talk about. And it helps kids to have these critical thinking skills when it comes to their to their faith because let's face it children of all ages as this book says are being exposed to negative criticism of christianity so many parents grandparents they just don't feel equipped enough something like this is very helpful so happy grandparents day if you are blessed enough to have grandchildren whether they're near or far if they're far give them a call Skype them, do FaceTime, send them a treat in the mail. If they're near, make sure you see them as much as you can. Be with them, have those talks with them, and no matter what, pray for them. Pray, pray, and pray. So for Song of the Week, I'm doing a little something different. What I do have is a link I want to share with you. It's uh, 25 foundational hymns to teach your children or grandchildren while young. And it has a list of all the hymns here, um, and there's some of the, the classics, but this is my father's world, it is well with my soul, great is thy faithfulness, of course, amazing grace, what a friend we have in Jesus, blessed assurance, my hope is built on nothing less, how deep the father's love, trust and obey, rock of ages, all the way my Savior leads me, great songs. And there is a link to each of those songs in this link that I'm going to share with you. So just, you see the song written in this article, you click the link and it will take you to that song. Not just great for our grandkids, but, but great for us too, is for us to treasure in our hearts to remind us again who we are, who God is. And to prepare us to share those with our grandchildren. Talk about the hymns. Dissect them. So many of these old hymns are very theologically rich. Talk about the hymns and what the words are saying and what they mean. 
Again, I'll have that link on my website and in my podcast description. Comments, questions, thoughts to this episode or any other episode you hear, I have a Facebook group called Candles Together. You can leave your comments or thoughts on there or prayer requests. I love prayer requests. If you need prayer for anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. So happy Grandparents Day, all you grandparents out there. How can you be that one little candle this week? Be that one little candle by reaching out to your grandchildren. Be their prayer warrior. Pray for them. Equip yourself to equip them. If you're not, Grandma, Grandpa, equip yourself. We can't give what we don't have, right? There are resources out there for you to help minister to your grandchildren. Be a light in the dark. Light your own little corner of the world. And thank God each and every day for the blessing of being a grandparent. Until next week, you take care and God bless.